Thank you for downloading Pastor Reza Safa's audio podcast from the Apple iTunes Store. Whether listening on your iPod, your tablet, or your computer at home, we pray these messages are a blessing to you and aid you in your spiritual walk with Christ. For more information on Pastor Reza's teachings and ministry, please visit www.rezasafa.com. Here is a, here is a yet more important word on that subject for us to understand. Dividing the word of truth. Hebrews chapter 9, it says, in verse 15, it says, And for this reason, he, Jesus, is the mediator of the new covenant by means of, by means of, stop right there. Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. But he cannot be mediating without his death. That means the New Testament, the New Covenant, could not operate under the time he was alive. He couldn't. Because he hadn't died yet. And so there was no New Covenant yet. So don't misunderstand when we say the gospel. You know, we say New Testament, we say the four gospels. We say, well, that's the New Covenant. No, 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 wait a second. Jesus could not mediate the new covenant as long as he was alive. All the laws of it, all the teachings of it, and on and on. Now, it says on later here in verse 16, For where there is a testament, New Testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead. Since it has, now listen, this is powerful. It has no power at all. It has no power at all while the testator lives. It has no power. The New Testament had no power while Jesus was alive. So don't you go grab the stuff that Jesus is talking to the Jews and teach it in the new covenant. And you know, that's what almost 98% of all preachers today do. They preach the Old Testament laws under the New Testament covenant. That's why the church is in a mess. We're confused. We don't know whether we're Jew or we're a Gentile or we're born again Christian. We really don't know. We're confused. If you understand this principle, every teaching you listen to, you can understand whether this has the authority of the new covenant or it doesn't. Now I'm going to give you, I've got many examples, but I'm going to give you this I tested you with this before. Well, let me do this again. Now I'm getting better understanding of it. Mark chapter 11. Now you understand, Dr. Osborne told me, he says, Reza, if it's not a common knowledge, people won't receive it. I had a pastor call me here when I was away, left a message, and I called him back the other day. He said, Pastor Reza, you're the only preacher I hear is teaching the New Testament stuff. Well, that's interesting, coming from a pastor. Uh, now, actually, there are few, few people that 
that God has revealed this and there are a handful of them, 10, 20 preachers in the country that are preaching this stuff. And, uh, but it's very important to recognize. In Mark chapter 11, look at what Jesus said in verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now, the, the original Greek says, have God's kind of faith. Have God kind of faith. Verse 23. For as surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and that you will have them. Verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven, forgive him, that's your Father in heaven, may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Question I ask you last time. If as a born again Christian, you do wrong against me and I don't forgive you, does that mean I'm not forgiven? Huh? See, we don't know, do we? It's quiet. Even if some of us, is, I still read the word to you, all the framework of the testament, we still don't dare to say it because we say it's Jesus' word. Now, let me ask you this. Does Jesus' word in red has more value than Paul's word? Huh? It's Jesus' word. Jesus and my words are life and spirit. Now, be careful what you say. Does it have more value than Paul's word? It's still red. Does it have more authority and more value than what Paul said, for instance, in Ephesians? Didn't Jesus say, the words that I speak are not mine? Huh? Didn't he say that? Did Jesus say that? Actually, it's in John. Go over to John. See, lack of the knowledge. We're uncertain because of lack of knowledge. Because we don't know the scripture. Nobody teaches us this stuff. John chapter 5. Uh, in verse, notice in verse 29. Or in verse 19. He says... Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Okay? Now, go over to verse 30. He says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. 
That means his words were not his own. Uh, actually, there's another place he says it. Come on, look for it now. It's in John. 1424. There it is. Look at it. Verse 24. 14, John 14, 24. He who does not love me does not keep my words. The word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Now, Paul tells us that all of Scripture is what? It's God inspired. So that means what Paul said and what Jesus said are on equal terms. It's God's word. This is the danger when people say, let's go back to the words of Jesus. Wait a second. If that is the case, then you can pull out stuff out of Paul and say that's not biblical. That's the danger. Entire scripture is God's word. It came from the same source, from the same mouth. So Jesus' word is no different than the words of Paul. Because it wasn't Paul. We just read it that Paul said, I did not get this gospel. Nobody taught it to me, but I got it by revelation. So now, look at it in... <clears throat> Jesus is saying, if you do not forgive... You will not be forgiven. Is that New Testament or old? Is it old or new? Go to Ephesians chapter 1. God, Jesus could not give him New Testament law. He couldn't because he hadn't died yet. It wouldn't be in effect. They were not born again. They couldn't have the love of God in their hearts. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit only came upon people as God had a task for them for a certain time. It says the hand of the Lord was on him. Or it says the Holy Ghost came upon him. But then when the task was done, the Holy Ghost left them. Why? Because they were on regenerated they were unsaved they were not born again their nature you remember what jesus said to the pharisees he said you are of your father the devil how could the holy ghost dwell in somebody who's got devil in him remember when the holy ghost came upon samson since the spirit of god came upon him he lifted the gate of the city went in there and killed i don't know how many philistines what did he do after that deal was done, he went into a prostitute. Same man. That's why the Holy Ghost couldn't dwell in him. Their nature, man's nature is united with darkness. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8, he says, you were once darkness. He doesn't say you were in the darkness. He says you were darkness. So the Holy Ghost couldn't dwell in him. It was impossible. Now when Jesus talks in John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, it's all prophetic about the, the new regenerated man. When he says, the Holy Ghost comes upon you and he shall abide in you. He says, I give you a new commandment. Well, they couldn't carry that commandment. That commandment was 
For them, when the Holy Ghost came on them and they became born again after the day of Pentecost. They couldn't love one another before the Holy Ghost come on them. Are you listening to me? Amen. So here, look at Ephesians chapter 1. It says, in him we may have redemption. Huh? You have a Bible? What does it say? In him we, not will have, but have it. By the right way, do you have a watch? You have a watch. Do you have $10 in your pocket? So that means this watch is yours. Or it may not be yours, but you still have it. And you have $10 in your pocket. So it's right now you possessing these. Is that right? You have a car. You, that's your car. You get in it. You turn the engine on. You go wherever you want to go. That's your car. Nobody will shout at you if you drive left or right. That's your car. Is redemption yours? Huh? Now listen. We have redemption through his blood. What? Do you have forgiveness of sins? Is it yours? How about if you haven't forgiven anyone? See? Again, the New Testament, it's not based upon our works, but his work. Huh? Huh? So we have forgiveness, don't we? So what Jesus was telling to the disciples was the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they didn't have God's spirit. They weren't born again. In order for them to obey God, God had to grab their hand and twist it. And say, if you don't do this, I'll mess you up. You know, Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you take heed and listen to the commandment that I command you this day, all of these blessings shall come upon you and shall overtake you. But if you do not take heed and listen and obey the commandment that I command you, all these curses. Actually in Israel there is a, there's two hills. One is called Man Perazim. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. It's a mountain of curse. I was there. And one is mountain of bliss. It's funny. They're like about 50 yards, 100 yards from one another. One is absolutely dry. The other one is green. I couldn't understand it. One is mountain of curse. Dried up. The other one is mountain of bliss. God gave them an example. If you obey, if, then all of these things will follow you. So in order for God to get them to obey, he had to put a law and a condition to the blessing of it to them. In the new covenant, the moment you become born again, you come into the household of God. You become partakers of the divine nature. You're in God's your last name is whatever God's last name is. You change the paper. You got a new name. And because you carry his name, everything Jesus did belongs to you unconditionally. See, you're not getting it because we haven't been told that. So it's hard for us. We got to look at our works. But you know what? Just like that German lady sat next to me with her husband. For five hours, she kept weeping and crying, saying that 
She doesn't know what else to do. She's been working. She needs to be holier. She needs to be cleaner. She needs to stop sinning and stop doing this and stop doing that and stop doing that. You know, the Bible says all of our good deeds are like a filthy rag before God. You couldn't be any holier by dressing up properly. You couldn't be any holier by not watching TV. Now you could be unclean by watching dirt. That dirt gets into you. But you couldn't work your way to cleanliness of God. It may be acceptable in the sight of men. Oh, how religious you are. My dad was an alcohol, he drank, he had party every night in our house. With all these famous people came to our house. And they sat and drank. My mom and my sisters were slaving in the kitchen all day long, cooking for this bunch of ugly guys. When the party was over, my mom would, my dad would get into a fight with my mom and beat her up. And we all would crunch in the corner of the room and just weep and cry. I used to hate my dad in those ages. He was, he was, he was a very hard man. Well, that's, there's the example of it is in, they say he threw the water of repentance over his head. He became extremely religious. He had gone through back and forth several times on that. And, so he quit all that party, all that drinking, he grew beard. He went to the religious leaders meetings and a study. And of course he was very knowledgeable before that. But So he, he started, but that inside of him was the same man. <coughs> he is still beating my mom up. That anger was still in him. No difference. Religion didn't change on the inside of him. He was religious on the outside. Yeah. He looked holier on the outside, but on the inside, he was that same stinking, old, unregenerated sinner like you all of us were. No difference. We could not, as Paul says, achieve righteousness by the deeds of the law. If law could bring satisfaction of God's presence... That you wouldn't drink beer to get closer to God. Are you listening to me? The same with the church. Yet we have the churches today say, you got to have a service on Saturday. Sabbath is holy. Sabbath is eternal. You got to keep Sabbath. We got people here, holiness movement. Judging one another because they're not dressed properly. And in a sense, in the charismatic movement, we carry the same thing. Just a little, tainted a little bit differently. We say, God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. Which is true. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now you better look at it. I don't want to quote it. You got to look at the scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became. Now, we got two preachers here. Two kind. We got the denominational preachers. They say Jesus was poor. No, no, no. Jesus was not poor. He became poor. 
And then we've got charismatic preachers. Apparently they haven't read this word. They said Jesus was very rich. They said they, they throw lots on Jesus' clothes. Must have been a very fancy clothes he had. How otherwise would they throw a lot on his clothes if he, if he wasn't rich? Well, here it says he became poor. They say, no, that's not true. He was rich. What is it? Was Jesus poor or was he rich? We've listened to this preacher so much, we don't even believe the Bible. You can't even answer me when I ask you. Was Jesus poor or was he rich? He became poor. He became poor, didn't he? That's what it says here. Uh, is it my Bible? Huh? Is it your Bible says this? For your sakes, for your sakes, for your sakes, for your sakes, he became poor. That you, by giving your tithe and offering an $86 this month, each one might become rich. You become rich how? You become rich how? Excuse me. Through his poverty. So it's not based upon what I do, but what he did. Now that righteous voice is going to raise up and say, well, if that's the case, then we can live however we want. We don't have to give. You're absolutely right. But you're missing on something. The moment you come into the household of God, your spirit man is changed. Selfishness dies in you. Love is the initiative of your walk with God. The reason people want to live however they want and they don't do it because nobody taught them who they are in Jesus. Amen. If you teach them who they are in Jesus, it's like a baby that is born. That baby is no more human than you are. He couldn't say, hey, if you don't eat properly, I'm going to call you a dog. Close your mouth because dogs eat like that. You don't go to the court and say, my kid, when he eats... His mouth is always make noises. He eats like our dog. I want to take the humanity part from him. And I want to officially call him a dog. Do you do that? If that kid doesn't grow and you don't train him properly, he's missing on some characteristic of a good human citizen, good human being. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. If it depends upon my giving, then why did he become poor? See, no preachers can preach this stuff because they're scared to their boots. Because they think, oh my God, nobody's going to give us money. Every single one of them lately, every letter I get, it's all... They're talking about money, money. And you know, they always point about you. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to, I've got five words, five keys for you to prosper. Really, what they're saying. And then at the end, say, would you please send it? They want your money. It's works. 
I heard a preacher saying, if you don't give tithe, you're cursed. Whoa, 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 wait a second. If blessing and cursing depends upon me, then take Ephesians 1.3 out of the Bible. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has? When did he bless us? Huh? When you gave your tithe? When did he bless you? When did he bless you? No, he didn't bless us all. When did he bless you? Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week for a new audio download of the Day of Salvation audio podcast. For more information on Pastor Reza's teachings and ministry, please visit www.rezasafa.com.